Hello everyone. We just have a quick content warning for this episode. In this week's episode, we are talking about mental health, anxiety, and how to cope with the current situation that keeps us all isolated due to the pandemic. Even though we are going to keep it light and happy like we always do, if this makes you in any way uncomfortable, please skip this episode. And to everyone else, we hope you find this inspiring and encouraging. We are all in this together, so let's help each other out. And here we go with the episode. Have fun! Welcome to PuffCast, the ultimate Hufflepuff podcast. This is episode 3 on April 15, 2020. I'm Melanie. And I'm Juliana. Like we said at the top of the episode, we are going to be talking about mental health and self-care specifically on how to care for our own mental health. And as we all know, this is a pretty topical topic at this point. A lot of us are going through a lot of things right now, whether you're stuck at home, whether you're stuck at work, there's a lot of things happening. And our goal with this is to be upbeat, but acknowledge that there are bad and good parts of what's happening. So as I just said, the world is a pretty crazy place right now. Am I right, Mel? Yeah, it is. As you are all aware, (laughs) we are having a lovely virus going around, spreading around the whole world, and we are all supposed to be at home. And I think many people start to be in week three, four, something probably already, at least here, and it starts to get maybe a bit lonely and depressing. You're just being at home. Hopefully you have work. We really hope you do. And you're not just sitting at home with nothing to do. We are thinking we want to have a bit of a talk about the the situation and and how our life maybe is influenced by it as well and find some ideas and suggestions for everyone that what to do when you are stuck at home and how to prevent the boredom and also maybe find some ways to keep your anxiety in check. So yeah, and we're going to take more of a Hufflepuff lens for this because As we know, Hufflepuffs have certain tendencies, and some of them are really good for coping with situations like this, and some of them really aren't so great. (laughs) I can speak from personal experience for some of these as a Hufflepuff myself, but we will get into that in just a moment. So we just want to say that we fully empathize with everyone. We know that everyone is going through their own version of what is happening right now, and everything is hard. But there's going to be a happy point at the end of this. We just have to keep that little ray of sunshine somewhere in our lives. You know, this is is exactly why we are doing this kind of podcast, because when everything is crappy around us at the moment, and we just want to bring some happiness, so... And if we can help you in some way, that would be great, of course. Yeah, because it's the little things that get you through the day. If everything else around you isn't going great, but you have one little light that you can hold on to, then that's really what's going to carry you through to the end. (music) 
So like we said, there are some Hufflepuff tendencies that are pretty great for this situation compared to some of the other houses. No offense to the other houses. But generally speaking, Hufflepuffs, I would say, are pretty cool, calm, and collected when it comes to this. I mean, most Hufflepuffs that I know aren't running around freaking out, doing insane things. I don't know if you can speak to this too, Mel, but... Uh, I think we are maybe more focused on um, how to prevent others from panicking, maybe to see where we can help actually effectively. Yeah, definitely seeing where the need is for help. And I feel like Hufflepuffs definitely are some of the first responders, especially on the emotional level for things that need to be done. Which ties in very nicely with your next point, being realistic about the whole situation because there's no point in panicking. Of course, we should keep it in mind, but still think logically and do not play into all the panic making on the news pages. Just see what's really around you and focus on that. Yeah, I'm not sure who said it, but there's someone who said, worrying only makes you suffer twice. <laughs> oh, who could have said that? Hmm. <laughs> oh, some, some great scholar out there. Uh, I, I, I feel like he must have been a really great Hufflepuff. Hmm. Hmm. Only, a, only a great Hufflepuff could say such a thing. <laughs> I think so. He must have been. <laughs> but yeah, I, and I know this from personal experience as well just because I've suffered from anxiety and still do, but definitely the times when I've had my anxiety less in check than I do now, I've spent so many hours stewing on things, just torturing myself hmm. over things that aren't really true and most, for the most part didn't happen. So it's just worrying makes you suffer twice. It's okay to worry a little bit, but just taking it to that extreme where you're doing what I call marinating in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All day. I know the feeling. I have I have the same. I have had anxiety for I don't know how long. And uh, it is a hard thing to, to go through when it comes from all directions. And of course, we all have our families and friends that are, especially us, we have friends all over the world. And some of them are actually really in places that are horrible right now. I mean, I personally have friends in Italy then our common friend Marjolaine is in, in France. Um, so these are not the greatest places to be right now. And my family in Germany lives also in a corner that is very affected right now. And yeah. Yeah. And I know we have some listeners too, because one of the people who won the sticker giveaway this week actually lives in Italy. Mm. So shout out to her. And I hope your family is doing well. But yeah, there's a lot of crazy things happening here in the U.S. too. Then they've told us that the next two weeks are going to be the worst of it. And just myself working in a healthcare facility, just hearing those words drummed into your head multiple times a day is not the best. Mm -hmm. Not my favorite thing. But how I process those things definitely affects how they affect me and my therapist, Anne. Shout out to Anne, because I'm probably going to shout her out a lot. <laughs> She likes to tell me, only you get to decide how you feel. No one else can tell you how to feel. I agree. There's a lot of things that are happening around us. I can either choose, or any of us can either choose to really blow them out of proportion, 
or we can choose to be a little bit more realistic. And I think, like we said, that's how the Hufflepuffs are good in this kind of situation. Also, I would say that Hufflepuffs are generally speaking pretty non-judgmental, which is good, especially in these situations where there's a lot going on and everyone processes things differently. Not judging people and just being a safe space, kind of like what we talked about with the Creating Magic crew, where Hufflepuffs are just a safe space that you can come to, I think is really valuable, especially right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. We are definitely there for for each other and, and for for everyone that needs it right now. So it's I think it's a it's a good thing to have someone around that will just listen and no matter how worried and maybe you are in panic and you just need someone to talk you down a little bit and we will be there and giving you hugs as much as possible from far away. <laughs> Social distancing hugs <laughs> Yeah. Yeah kind of along that same line we're also very empathetic too so that's it goes all hand in hand that being realistic and calm and non-judgmental and empathetic all of these these traits are i think very similar to each other and they make the perfect person am i right (laughs) (laughs) so kind of going back on exactly what i just said three seconds ago (laughs) some of these tendencies are things that don't really make us the best under stress. And I feel like Hufflepuffs on the whole, the things that make us the worst under stress are things that kind of implode back on us. They're not things that kind of project out into the world where I, as I feel like, come at me Gryffindor people. But if someone (laughs) who's a Gryffindor, I, I assume would probably like freak out and give us some kind of show and big breakdown that's public and loud and dramatic and you know okay. as, <laughs> uh, but that that's something that would like affect the greater world and like you'd start freaking other people out and it's more it affects that person but it affects a lot of other people too whereas I feel like the tendencies that Hufflepuffs have that are bad under stress are more things that just directly affect that one person's mental health on the whole as opposed to, like, the group mental health, which can be even more dangerous, too. So you mean that uh, we are not letting out these things on others, just on ourselves as a person? Yeah. I mean, the first point I put on here was we're overly empathetic. We take on too much of the other people's pain. That is very true. Yeah. I, I always have the tendency to, to do exactly that, that... Um... I am definitely going to be there for everyone, but I very easily forget to actually look after myself. And at some point you are just down, can't do anything anymore. Mm -hmm. You're just exhausted and and tired. You do it the next day anyway again. Yeah, I feel like I'm the person who walks into a room and I just absorb whatever the feeling is. I don't even have to talk to anyone. And I can just like, if the room is happy, if the room is angry, if the room is upset, It just kind of takes over my soul. And then people, I always like to say that people seem to think I have a face that says, come talk to me. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like everyone, especially the people I work with, I end up being like the therapist for the entirety of the building. Some of it probably is too, that I forget a lot of things too. So so people will tell me things and then like 20 minutes later, they'll be like, do you remember what I just said to you? I'll be like, nope. (laughs) Okay, I do remember things, but I have so far 
also again the same thing that at work um, I think I probably have one of those faces that people just like coming to me and talk with me and sometimes um, they share very personal things that is totally fine of course but sometimes you also think don't you like how can I say I didn't ask for this <laughs> yeah it's it's maybe a bit too personal it depends on what it is I have like a high tolerance for anything but same some things maybe talk with someone else <laughs> about that <laughs> but yeah it's at the same time it's of course also a very nice feeling to to see that people actually trust you and they just need to maybe vent for a moment and uh, it makes them feel better that someone is listening in that moment who is like impartial to the whole situation. So yeah, I, I get that a lot too. I feel like that's the thing that does me in though is because what I truly want from a relationship and especially like uh, like a romantic one, like a partner or best someone I'm going to like be friends with for a long time is someone who respects me doesn't judge me and will like legitimately listen to me so because those are like the three top things that I look for in people when I I feel bad when other people aren't getting that and I want to provide this to them because I see how other people interact with me and I see how other people interact with other people and I know that especially in the place where I work, there isn't a large amount of people who kind of are on the same wavelength as I am with actually sitting down and legitimately listening and processing what people are saying, as opposed to being like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, okay, cool, bye, and just walking away and like actually not hearing what the person is saying. So my insides are like, well, this is what you would want. You would want this person to listen to you, so you should listen to them. And then I just, what I wrote in the doc is you become the designated emotional sponge yeah. for, for everyone who walks by you. I think it's the the constant need for us to have a comfortable surrounding, you know. You mm-hmm. you want everyone to be happy and, and uh, you also want to be happy. It's for me personally not that I am expecting the other person to be there for me in the same way, but... If you are completely disregarded by that person, even though you had you just have given your whole attention to the person, I mean, um, it can feel quite bad. Yeah, you're not expecting it, but you would like, maybe not directly from that person, but someone else, you'd like someone else to kind of be your sponge, which we'll get into this when we get to my coping mechanisms later down yeah. in the doc. But there is a way to do that, too. So... Yeah, that's something that definitely, as a Hufflepuff, kind of underlies our positive traits and makes us emotionally incapacitated sometimes, where we are holding so many of other people's emotions that we can't even process our own. So one last thing that we kind of do that's not the best under stress, I would say, is that we tend to be creatures of habit. I know that I have like a little routine that I do every day that makes me feel like, and some of it's just my OCD, like let's be real here, (laughs) but I have a little routine that makes me feel happy and I'm definitely a Hufflepuff who wants to come home after work and I don't want to go anywhere else after I get home. That's where I feel like I'm, I'm good at social distancing, but again, I am still at work because I work in healthcare, so I spend my whole day around somewhere between 30 to 120 people depending on the day. 
But I am someone who, on a normal schedule, will just want to come home, just do my little routine when I get home, do my journal, walk my dog, and then go to bed. And I don't want anyone to bother me. Thank you very much. I am home and I am cozy. Uh, I am actually right now on holiday. Uh, I still have one more week to go. And I was really looking forward to it because it was really stressful being at work, um, just being surrounded by this whole virus topic and draining your energy, uh, because that's also the only thing everyone keeps talking about. It's fine, of course, and I will be like responding to it and it's totally okay. But at the end of the day, you are just so tired. But now being on, on holiday and Usually when I'm on holiday, I go out, I meet my friends, I might be traveling, doing all sorts of things, you know, that you usually don't have as much time for. And right now, the only thing I can do is be home and I might go out for a walk. And I have, of course, stuff to do that I can keep myself busy with. But I have been all week on the sofa, basically. And I have just, just... <laughs> It's going to sound so silly, but my butt hurts. I can't sit anymore. <laughs> I am not used to sitting around so much. And I just want to, I already feel like I want to go back to work already again, even though there's not that many people right now. But at least I have something to do there. And as you said, having the, the routines and such, um, I definitely have mine as well. So I, I am really... If I'm thrown out of it, I can't do that for too long because then I start to be really like restless and uncomfortable. And I just feel like ah, I want to go back to <laughs> my normal stuff again. Yeah, same with me. Even on like a normal vacation where you are like out and doing things, I hit like a max. Usually it's like three or four days, honestly, where I'm just. I'm, I've had my fill of wherever we are, unless it's somewhere that's like really, there's a lot to be doing. Like when we went down to Disney World when I was younger and there was just so many things to be seeing every single day and we still didn't even see everything. But if we're just out camping or we are out at the lake or the beach or something by like day like three or four, I'd like something else to do. I've had quite a lot of my family at that point. Thank you very much. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I think we're both kind of coming from the same spot on that one, where even if the routine isn't the best, like you being at work, myself being at work, which is very stressful, if we just are kind of drawn to being in that routine. And when mm -hmm. we're out of it, we can do it for a short amount of time, but we want to go back. We want to feel that little safety net. And uh, we are going soon into a bit more detail, but... Routine is also good for people like us who have to deal with anxiety and, you know, if you have depression and uh, it just gives you a reason to get up, move and feel better. If you are suddenly taken out of that routine, you are just sitting at home right now and you have to cope with that. It's making it probably worse and more difficult. And that's why exactly we wanted to talk about this today. And maybe we can take this as a segue to go into our coping strategies and ideas that are helping us personally. And later on, we still have some comments from our listeners who also had some suggestions. Yeah, thank you to the listeners who submitted all of their comments. Yeah. We love you guys. Yay! <laughs> so uh, starting off with some of my things that I do, um, 
first of all, maybe I should say that I have had um, depression and anxiety since I was a little child. I have had some deep lows in my early 20s. <laughs> and uh, I have. it took me a while to, to find a way to, to get out of this hole and develop some things that help me to stay afloat and be okay. Some examples are, lately I have found that mindfulness is something for me that helps me a lot. And I have uh, heard of it before, but one of my good friends, uh, Sarah, she's really practicing that. And she has said to me a couple of times, maybe it's something for you as well. I have found this really awesome mindfulness calendar that gives you a weekly page where you can track your habits, things you want to sort of monitor, like you put yourself some go- set yourself some goals for the whole month and you can track them weekly how good you have kept up with them and just see it as a motivation you know to sleep enough to eat healthy to work out um whatever you want to set as your goal then you can put weekly tasks in there that are marked as a priority or as something that would be a nice thing to do extra if you still have the time. And it's just very, very helpful. It's a good motivation. Yeah, maybe we can put the link for whatever the calendar is down in the show notes. Yeah, for those that are German speaking, yes. <laughs> we at least have Sophie. <laughs> it's a a small German company who does these. But I am very sure there are similar things uh, like that out there. Mm-hmm. And I think you are doing a similar thing yourself by journaling, right? Yeah, I've been journaling for about six years now. I it, It's kind of the same thing. I'm definitely someone who's very organized in a way. And I just, I love a list. Even when I get up on weekends and I don't have a set schedule of like where to be, even this morning, I write myself a to-do list of things that I have to, not have to accomplish, but I would like to accomplish. And yeah. any, yeah, any things that are happening in the day like this, and I'm going to call my mom later, things like that. Because one, I do also have ADD, so I forget things sometimes. And it's just nice for me to not have as much kind of banging around in my brain and be able to just come back to this list as an anchor during the day. And also I have a weekly calendar and a monthly calendar where I keep everything and just having those as anchors, which it kind of sounds like the mindfulness calendar is for you too, Mel, to find things that you wanted to accomplish that week or that need to be done. What I what I like about my calendar is also that you have this monthly reflection, basically. So you write mm-hmm. down like all the things that have worked out as you had planned it, um, where there's some nice surprises. What did not work out as well? What could you still have another try on or make better in some way? And then you set yourself another goal for the next month as well. And it just keeps motivating you in so many ways that it's so positive. It doesn't feel like you have to. If you have a normal mm-hmm. calendar and you have a list of tasks, it can feel like, oh, I have left out so many things that I wanted to do and you feel bad. But this kind of calendar is actually motivating you and telling you it's fine if you didn't manage it. Just put it on to the next week. It's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for, for so for me, what I have that's really similar to that is I have this running journal called Believe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Lauren Fleshman, who's a very accomplished USA distance runner. And at the top of the week, it has you write your goal for the week. And then there's a spot where you can write just the statistics of the run, like the mileage, the pace. how, And then you're supposed to write how you felt, like give it a rating out of 10. And then there's the whole big block for the day is where you can write your notes about the run. Mm-hmm. So things you were feeling, things you were thinking, how it went, what happened. And at the end of the week, they have you reflect on how the week went. And there's always a little inspirational quote by a runner at the top of the page. And then there's also a monthly reflection too. And each month has like a little theme about nutrition or motivation or what all these different fun themes that are related to running, but more or less just related to life in general. Yeah. So it sounds pretty similar to that. But the journal that I do every day is what I call kind of like my brain dump. <laughs> so I'll, I'll sit down when I eat my dinner and, and I will just write a page in a journal. I have a notebook that I get from Walmart and I just decorate the front. My next one that I'm going to do has a wolf Patronus on it because that's my Patronus. Nice. Yeah, I like to make it like fun to look at. So I will literally just the, throughout the entirety of me eating dinner, which usually ends up being like half an hour, 45 minutes, I will just write my thoughts. And with that, I find that sometimes the thing that I've been thinking about during the day isn't the thing that I end up writing about in this journal and that something else has more or less been underlyingly bothering me throughout the day. And it just lets me go to bed without all these thoughts stewing in my head, which I have found personally for myself pretty helpful. And like I said, it's literally just a 25 cent notebook, nothing crazy or fancy or anything at all. It's literally just a pencil and a notebook. Moving on for me, it's work also and see my work friends there and just feeling useful by doing things, getting stuff done at work and listening to uh, my podcasts at the same time or audiobooks. And I am having my break every day at 3.30 exactly. And uh, I am having my tea and a bit of food. And then I have my book with me or some of my work friends are going to join me on the table or we are having a football table match, uh, (laughs) which is really fun too. And all in all, this is usually for me just a sort of happy place. It's just a positive thing to go. Every time I'm I'm there, I have certain people who every time they see me, they're like, Melanie, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm great. How are you? And I have heard the comment once, like, always when I ask you how you're doing, you always say, oh, I'm great. How is that possible? I said, I'm at work. Work makes me happy. <laughs> It's just, in in general, the people who are around, I just adore them all. That just makes me so happy to hear that. Mm. I'm just like, oh, it's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I I definitely agree with you. I mean, my job right now, some of the people that I work with, I could probably do without. Don't come at me. (laughs) But for me, it's more the residents that I work with because I work in an elderly home. And they are just so cute. I have one resident who says good morning. He sits right in the little main lobby area. And every morning I come in, hey, Julie. And, <laughs> and he's just real cute. And 
I have a bunch of other residents too who I'll just walk up and down the hallway and they all say hello to me and they all know exactly who I am and they'll ask me to change things on their diet tickets and all their little food preferences that they have. I really value that too because one, well, work obviously gives me some kind of routine which I really like. I feel useful and I feel like I'm really helping these people because they they have someone at work who they can approach and they feel is just will be there to chat with them it's nice for me to be their friend (laughs) and the nice thing with them is too a lot of them don't realize this whole coronavirus thing is even happening so the most important part of their day is getting the right chicken meal or whatever that they ordered for lunch (laughs) and to have an argument or a discussion about that is kind of nice now so yeah definitely agree and with the podcast too i definitely want to second that podcast for me specifically was something that podcasts kind of got me back into the Harry Potter community and also were the starting point when I moved back to Massachusetts where my depression started to kind of peter off a little bit and I started to feel less alone. It's the first thing I went to see my therapist Anne about. She asked me, she's like, what, what's like the big thing you want to work on? I was like, well, I feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And so she's the one who actually suggests listening to podcasts and me being the stubborn person that I am didn't do that for like two or three months until <laughs> after she suggested that. And Muggle, Muggle cast was one of the first ones that I listened to. I, I really love it. And it's, it, again, it, it kind of creates a routine for me too during the week. Cause I know when I drive home from work on Mondays, I can listen to Muggle cast. And then I have a specific podcast now. Now I've subscribed to like 30 different podcasts at this point. <laughs> Same. I have also so many to always catch up on because there's too many good ones now that <laughs> you just want to keep up with and gives you also, it, it was for me the same that it felt like suddenly there's someone who understands also my thought processes and uh, shares the passion for discussing these stories and in, in much more detail and have new ideas of what could come up next with Fantastic Beasts, for example. That's just the perfect thing to discuss right now. And it keeps you distracted from, from other things that might otherwise give you anxiety. And it's just great to have. So Yeah. yeah. It gave me a sense of having friends when I was mm-hmm. very lonely. I didn't have any friends. And it was nice that, one, I didn't have to worry about them judging me. Because they didn't know I was listening. They don't care. (laughs) And two, I could take anywhere. And three, like you said, have the same views. And they want to talk about certain things. Just, and I know you've encountered this in Finland too. Just where I live in Massachusetts too. There's not really too many Harry Potter fans out here. Nope. At least, at least not on this level. I mean, I know several yeah. people here who like it and who have maybe read the books or watched the movies, but they don't have the, they don't feel the need to discuss it in that depth as we like. I mean, we have created a Hufflepuff themed podcast just for fun, you know, like. <laughs> and we were very passionate about it too, because it came together within like two hours. <laughs> yeah, and. Um... The funny thing, just as you pointed out, it made you feel like you have friends. Because of podcasts, we became friends. We have such a lovely group now that it's all because of podcasts. It's just amazing how such a thing can develop. I never thought I would have someday friends that are wherever they are living, everywhere in the world. Um, And you have this special connection with them without that you have even met before, like in real life. And 
like right now we are seeing each other on on video chat here and we are talking about these things and it's just something that i am looking forward to every single week if it's the hangout with the speak beastie correspondence or our puffcast podcast now every sunday is just awesome now because we have this and it's just so fun to do so yeah. that's definitely also a point for me that helps me to to cope I have now every week something to do, like I'm working on the doc or I'm, we are editing the episodes and, and, and such. And then we have these meetups on Sundays and just hanging out and talking and being silly. And it's just great to have. Yeah, it, I can't even second or third or fourth that enough. <laughs> Because you're 120 million percent right. Because we listened to podcasts, it's brought us so many friends. And if you had like asked me, I don't know, like a year, year and a half ago now, if I would have friends who lived in Finland and Germany and France and England, I would have been like, um, why would I ever have friends? Like, how would I know these people? Yeah. How like how would I even meet these people? Also, uh, the fact that we are doing our very own podcast now is just. I don't know if I mentioned this in, in in the earlier episodes, but just last year, Speak Beastie was actually asking, hey, we are looking for a couple of new hosts. If you are interested, you can all like send in your application. And I felt like this would be so much fun, but I would have had too much anxiety to actually do it. So I didn't. And uh, you and Marjolaine were hired doing your thing there now, which is great. And just a short while later, we started the Hangouts. And then suddenly mm-hmm. we were on camera and people can watch us on YouTube. I mean, that's that's an even more anxiety level reach. That's much more higher. terrifying. Yeah, but suddenly I felt like, hey, it's actually really fun to do. And now we are doing our own podcast that we are organizing all by ourselves without anyone's help, just mm-hmm. you and me. And I never in a million years would have thought that I would ever do such a thing. So Yeah, I mean, just as someone, too, who has a lot of anxiety, and I kind of overcame a lot of that anxiety when I was did theater in high school because literally I got to my senior year of high school and I was like, screw it, like, I want to be in this play. And so I, I remember having, like, mental talks with myself and being like, just do it. You don't have anything to lose. Just go out there and do it. And like, I'd be like standing at like, even when we got to the performances, I would sit there in my head and be like, it's just a rehearsal. It's just a rehearsal. It's just a rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I've had, to, I had to do a lot of presentations and presenting for my college years. Just being a dietitian, you have to give a lot of like nutrition education presentations and stuff like that. My And my, again, my desire to be a dietitian was higher than my fear. And so literally I'd just be like, okay, and now we talk about calcium with like 50 people. <laughs> and I just overcame that. The fact I, I literally didn't start listening to podcasts until so probably like 2018, I think. I didn't even know what a podcast was before that. Like, obviously, I knew what radio was, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that podcasts were even a thing. And then, like, a year ago, I joined up with MuggleNet on their Instagram team. At that point, I'd been listening to MuggleCast for, like, a year, and I was like, you know what? I want to join MuggleNet, and I want to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where we are now, and I think it's the best podcast. Because it's you and me, and we're really passionate about what we're doing, and it's like you said, it's a safe, fun little place that we can come, and we hope that other people can come to every week for just a little bit of sunshine, 
Exactly. And I think I've said this before, too. If, if we can make one person happier and one person's day and make one person a little bit less lonely, I feel like we've done our job. It doesn't matter how many listeners we have. As long as we've kind of hit a home run with at least one person, I think then our job is done for the day. Speaking of sunshine, going outside and having exercise, <laughs> which is uh, something also we both share. Uh, it's I've... the butt magnets. <laughs> I personally have always been someone who exercised a lot or liked mm-hmm. doing it. Um, I used to be in a basketball team when I was a teenager and I played for about six years in our local team and uh, it was always fun. And nowadays, well, next to my work where I am actually walking a lot all day long, uh, I do like to sometimes do a bit of Pilates. I like to go jogging if the weather allows me to. Uh, and what I have recently discovered with one of my best friends that uh, bouldering is actually really fun. Since a couple of years, I try to like challenge myself a little bit with things that give me anxiety. And I try to overcome my fears a little bit. And I am afraid of heights. So bouldering is just terrifying. <laughs> If you're going yeah. too high but I have done it now we went two or three times now and it's been actually really fun and to slowly see your progress is just so good you know it gives you a sense of accomplishment and you feel a little bit proud of yourself that you actually do it even though you are scared you will do it mm-hmm. of course right now that is not possible to do so it will eventually, the holes will be open again and we will go back and we'll do it um, on regular basis again. Yeah, and I kind of along the same lines. But I'm at work, I'm usually moving around a decent amount just because I am one dietitian in a building that has three separate floors. I actively choose to take the stairs too because I'm also someone who has a lot of innate energy inside of me that I need to burn off. Same. So... <laughs> So if I sit a lot, it's pretty much like an hour. If I sit around for like an hour or so, I like, I want to get up. I want to move around. I want to do something. I'm usually walking around and I'm also known as the person at work who goes for a walk on their lunch break. The receptionist knows me and I have had a few ladies approach me about starting a walking group during lunch because they know I go out by myself anyway and just take some time to get some fresh air. Hmm. And so we might be doing that. But my main form of exercise, as you all may have guessed, because it's such a mystery, is running. As many of you probably know, like I, I run a lot. Running for me is something that I absolutely hated when I started. And me and my mom actually did Couch to 5K program. I've never heard of that. So it's a really popular starting to run program in the United States where they train you to run a 5K. Uh-huh. It's I think it's like six weeks long. And by the end of the six weeks that you're able, they built you up to running the 5K. It's very approachable. And me and my mom, who is 30 years older than I am, did it together. And then over the last like eight, nine years, I've kind of built up my liking of running. And I want to say like four years ago is when I actually started to like actually like running. So it's been a slow burn in that regard. But I've taught myself so much through it and so much discipline and mental strength. And I will die on the hill of that the best thing I did for my mental health was run my first marathon. Because like I actually mentioned earlier, a lot of the time me reaching my goal is a lot more important to me than being anxious. 
I've developed the chuck it in the blanket bucket saying that I say to myself, because at a certain point, you just got to throw yourself out there and you just got to do it. It's not easy to run a marathon. As someone who's run four timed marathons and three untimed marathons just on my own, no matter how many times you do it, it's not simple. And even if you listen to people who are professional marathon runners, they'll tell you that the last like couple of miles when they're actually racing is the person who wins is the person who's willing to put up with the pain for the longest amount of time. I've found that you can only run the mile that you're in and you can't run the next mile. You can't run the mile before that. You can only be in that moment. The next moment won't be the same as that moment that you're in Mm -hmm. because most things will pass as whoever that great person who said this thing this one time, this too shall pass. Just going back to running. Sometimes when I'm running, I get to the end. I'm like, wow, that was nice. And sometimes I get to the end. I'm like, whoa, I don't even know how I got this far. So it's more about the moments than it is like the actual distance that you're traveling. And I feel like that kind of directly applies to life too. Yeah. In the context of all that like mental health stuff too, obviously running helps you get rid of your energy and your built up anxiety and things that you keep inside of you. And it just, I was going somewhere with this and now I can't remember where I was going. (laughs) You were running away with it. I was running. That thought just ran right away. (laughs) Goodbye, thought. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. It's running off into the sunset. Yeah. Oh, so running, obviously, the mental health things we just talked about, great benefits, but also just like the physical benefits, too. Your body feels better. You have better endurance. You can walk up a set of stairs without breathing like... (gasps) You can walk your dog and not have any issues keeping up with them. So I find that... Maybe not running for everyone because running isn't for everyone. And I fully understand and I get that. But finding some kind of exercise that you can do, whether it be the bouldering, whether it be Pilates, whether it be yoga, whether it be biking, that just kind of gives you that high that you want. You know, keeping in shape and staying healthy that way is just generally good for everyone, no matter what your mental health looks like. Especially then it's just giving you something positive to focus on and uh, it's gonna make you fall asleep better as well so you you have much more calmer nights and speaking of health good food is is another one that no surprise as a Hufflepuff (laughs) we are focused on good food as well and especially um I am myself a vegan and I am very focused on eating healthy and and watch what I am actually putting into myself and where that comes from. So that goes like exercise and food goes for me in you know hand in hand. So I that always is... like to say I always like to say that um, exercise and healthy eating are best friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think food is great too because there's obviously healthy foods that can make your body feel better and improve your health and thus you feel better. But then there's also comfort foods yes. that you just really need once in a while. Ah, so many good things. Yeah. And as a dietitian, I am not endorsing binge eating. But if you get to the end of a day and it's just been an extremely rough day, sometimes it's nice to just have that bowl of ice cream or have that cookie and you'll get back to your healthy eating tomorrow. But in this moment, you just need that internal hug. Yeah. Yeah. And so you also wrote crafts on your thing too. And I agree with that. 
there is next to books just crafts that can be just so relaxing i mean uh i like every now and then like at the moment for example i'm working on a sweater i do a lot of crochet if i have the, the time and energy for it and uh, currently in the evening i am just watching a movie or listening to some podcasts or something like that and next to that it's so easy to just crochet it's so much fun and Creating, for example, small creatures and sending them out to friends that give them a bit of joy. That is another thing I really love doing. Making your own things, scarves and pillowcases, some simple things like that. I, I'm sure you are feeling the same way about, about crafts. Yeah, I feel like they give me more of like a sense of zen and a place to channel my creativity because I'm someone too who has a lot of creative ideas in my head everyone else's brain can take like a craft project and like break it down into steps by themselves or like kind of do their own riff on it but I've met so many people over the years who are like how did you do that and I'm like oh well you just do this and like my brain just creates the layers already and I'm someone who also goes into a store and is like well I could make that why would I pay $50 when I could make that (laughs) I am the same one of the things that I really like to do is draw. As you can tell by the stickers that we have made, I even remember having notebooks back to when I was like three or four years old and my mom had just given me a notebook and there are some very interesting stick figure people in this notebook. And I just have been innate to draw. And I think it's something too that runs in my family because my mom and her father, my papa, are both like exquisite artists. Like they can draw people so realistically I am not to that capacity but they're mind-blowing my papa anytime anyone would move into a new house or apartment he'd sketch the outside for them and frame it Mm. they're beautiful the drawings that he's done I don't know for drawing for me is kind of like my main one but I do love doing all crafting things and I do find it's just a lot of it's very repetitive like the crocheting that you do or just with the drawing I'm just shading more or so so it's the same movement just having that physical repetitive motion I find is calming Mm -hmm. and then you have a sense of accomplishment at the end yeah I feel like even when I'm not really happy with my artwork, other people are very impressed with it, which is kind of a nice little mood boost if you need it. Absolutely. Especially like if you like crochet a scarf or something, you're like walk around. Someone's like, oh, where'd you get that scarf? And they're like, you're like, I made it. And they're like, no. And you're like, yes. <laughs> Uh, I have this, when it comes to things I make, either crafts or food, I am such a perfectionist that, especially if I do it for others, I want to really do it perfectly. And I always find something afterwards where I think that did not work the way I wanted it. And I am a little bit displeased with myself. But when the result actually arrives at my friend's house or on the plate and and my friends are eating it and they just love it it, you're like oh are are you sure is it really okay I mean there is like you have to hold yourself back from pointing out the mistakes you made they don't even see it it's just in your mind I'll like hand someone something I'll be like well it's not as green as I want it to be or like even when I send you the little drawings I've done in email I'm like it's not perfect Yeah, I think it's the constant need to make everything perfectly and you're so worried that someone could point out a flaw and then you would be completely crushed by it, you know. And Yeah. Yeah. 
But so one of the other things that we both have in common on here is pets. Yes, our pets. I kind of don't want to really say pets to them because they are my family. My two little bunnies and my turtle. And uh, you have your doggo. And Myrtle. Yeah, I think, again, this might be also just a huge Hufflepuff trait. We just love animals. And they give so much joy and in their own little quirks that they have. And it's just so pleasant right now to be home and see them so much more and interact so much more. It's just so nice, for example, in the morning when I'm getting up, the first thing uh, happening is that my bunny panda is coming from his corner, stands in front of me, and he wants to be cuddled. And if you just pass him because you're still like waking up and you're not immediately going to him, he's following you until the spot where he doesn't dare to go further. <laughs> and he's basically just waiting for you, you know, and it's just so sweet. Yeah, I think the similar thing to me is, well, Myrtle definitely does that first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. The only problem with her is she likes to do like figure eights around your feet. And so (laughs) there are many times where I literally almost eat the carpet first thing in the morning, which is fun. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's nice when I come home from work because I let her out of her crate. And she's just so excited. She's so excited to see me. And all she wants is belly rubs and to play. And we play with her ball for a little bit and we get belly rubs. And just having someone there who's who's excited to see me when I get home and I'm not coming home to a, an empty apartment and someone who wants to play and wants to interact with me and wants all my attention. I fully realized how much I appreciated animals One, when I moved down to Richmond, Virginia, and I didn't have a dog for six months. And then when my last dog, Elaine, passed away, and I was pretty much dogless for about, like, two months. And that was just, like, I immediately knew I wanted another dog. I didn't want to replace Elaine, but I knew I wanted a dog. And don't you worry, Myrtle did not replace Elaine. She's very different. She is a character, and I like me a good character, and that's why my dogs have names, like Elaine and Myrtle. (laughs) Our last couple of bunnies now have been all looking for a nice home um, where they can just be free and don't have to live in a small cage and get terrible food. You know, they're living like Mm -hmm. they have it so good here. (laughs) They're eating healthier than I am and I am already paying attention to my healthy food. But I I just want to say, too, that definitely, or I'm sure you stand behind this too, Mel, definitely adopting from shelters is a really good way to get your pets just because these are animals that have this is kind of their second chance and they might not have had the best history I I mean I can tell just from Myrtle and her interactions she's very submissive and clearly she got abused at some point um, previous to me having her Hmm. and it's sad to think that it's just nice to think that I can give her and you can give your bun buns a better place than where they were Mm -hmm. and Like, she's very spoiled, and I just, she's not in a bad place. She might be, like, slightly bored sitting on the couch, but that's the only negative thing that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. The hill that I will die on is that everyone needs a therapist, and this is the thing we kind of alluded to at the beginning, where we were talking about that Hufflepuffs kind of become the therapist for other people unintentionally. We have that face that everyone wants to talk to. No matter what we do, we can't say no, and we just actually listen and process people's emotions and thoughts. Sometimes that's not great for us. So if you are like us, you might be interested in having someone who is doing that for you. 
a therapist is someone who I like to call a wall. It's a wall that you can chuck things at that won't hit you or throw anything back. So essentially, it's a person who has no emotional stake in your life. So you can tell them whatever you want. Like, you can go in and scream in their face. Granted, they might remove you from their office with police <laughs> if you get too too crazy. But they're not going to have any kind of repercussion on you. Like, someone you're dating might get mad at you. Or someone who's a friend. You might lose your friend if there's a big fight. And that person is just there to acknowledge what you're going through. Acknowledge the emotions that you're having. Help you identify the emotions that you're having. And then help you figure out a way to productively cope and deal with those emotions. Which I personally, as someone with a lot of emotions and as a Hufflepuff, have found extremely valuable. Because a lot of the times I've found that I'm thinking things and I'm just, I'm more or less not thinking thoughts but emotions. So I'll be thinking I'm mad. And then... I won't really think as to why until I go and see Anne. And she's like, well, why do you feel like this affected you in this way? And then just breaking it down really helps a lot. And realizing, okay, I'm mad because this happened to me and this person did this. So how can I deal with those emotions and process them? And also, if this is something that I need to address, how can I address it in a, in a productive manner that's not going to just blow up back in my face? Because as we talked about earlier, there are a lot of people who are judgmental in this world. Um, that being said, too, therapy is very individual. It took me about three or four therapists before I found Anne and like kind of clicked with her. Mm -hmm. It's something you, you just have to commit to. And I still do and started thinking about it as an investment in myself. I completely agree on this with you. Uh, for me personally, I am not having a therapist, but for me, it's already enough when I have my friends around and I can talk with them about it, um, whatever is bothering me. But if you are, of course, having deeper things that can't even like figure out yourself, you don't even know why you feel like that, then it's such a blessing to, to have a therapist that is listening to you, who, as you said, doesn't have any personal relationship to you, who can see everything from a distance and can approach this whole thing more logically and can mm -hmm. actually help you see what kind of patterns you are living through and how you can change them up and so find a solution for it yeah i mean it sounds like you're just super lucky to have friends that are like that and i just know that from my own personal experience too some of us just we just aren't that lucky to have mm -hmm. friends who are like that i think it also very much depends on your own situation what you are going through and what um mm -hmm. is the cause for your bad feelings because sometimes there are things that are just very obvious that you just have to eliminate and you can immediately start to feel better. But if it's something, as I said, something deeper, then you definitely uh, need to see a therapist who is the only person then who can help you to actually figure this out. Yeah, I think my kind of rule of thumb for things that have like really like shooken me to my core 
are things that you can't put into words. That feeling of like inner chaos, but you just, you can't put your thumb on it and you just like can't articulate exactly what it is. And you're like trying to tell people, but it's not really coming through and you still feel that like inner struggle happening. I think that's probably a good point to see someone. <laughs> Sometimes you also don't even see what you are doing or saying yourself. You're not even realizing this, that mm -hmm. you are maybe in some way being yourself the, the, the problem that is causing the whole trouble. Others are maybe mm -hmm. pointing it out to you. You're just blind to see it and uh, you take it as a personal offense because they are your family and friends who are the ones that can hurt you the most. Talking to basically a stranger, it clicks easier in your mind to understand, oh, I am actually doing this. I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And definitely therapy is something that the need for in your life can change as things change in your life. I mean, when I started with Anne, I was seeing her once a week, and then I think it went to every other week, and then at some point it's been once a month. And currently, right now, it's every week. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on what's going on in your life, the level of stress that you're under, and the amount of emotion and emotional baggage you're kind of carrying around. Yeah. And I am glad that um, it has become a more acceptable and normal thing for people to actually seek therapy. Because there has been a time where people have very much avoided even mentioning it and were ashamed of that. And it's so beneficial and more people should seek this kind of help. Because it, it can really resolve the problem that you are battling and it can only be good for you and, and everyone around you as well. And no one should be afraid or ashamed of actually seeking this kind of help. So I feel like people should be more open and not be so afraid to even speak about this whole topic because... That's why I am so so open to, to others also. I might not go into details, but I can easily say, yes, I have had really bad depression and I am still dealing with anxieties. And in most situations, I know how to handle it and how to fix the situation. So I'm fine. I am not in a terrible state or anything. But, you know, people should be talking more about it. And I think they start to, to do so because it makes others braver and make them feel less lonely and they know that hey I'm not the only one and it's actually okay that I am feeling the way I do and that I seek help I am not a weak person yeah and that's exactly why this is the hill I will die on because I remember my first big depressive episode it went fully untreated fully unaddressed and it was when I was 16 years old and I was in high school no one ever talked about it and they never got me help And then I had a lot of issues in college, mental health related. Long story short, I ended up in the hospital for a week. But then that just kind of got addressed like patchworky kind of and still no one speaks of it. And I've just kind of become up until this point the poster child for what happens for an obscurus, I guess. Mm -hmm. The poster child for an obscurus where when you ignore things long enough, they just kind of implode on you. So I know how that affected me. And I also know how going to therapy and doing like some of these coping mechanisms has positively affected me. And I don't wish my fate on anyone you're not alone and you should go get these issues addressed they are valid and they are real i think we all just need to talk about it more and i've yet to get any negative reactions from other people mm -hmm. uh, personally coming from a place where people keep very much to themselves and don't talk about their problems 
um, I know that I would have had a lot of people looking strange at me. And that's why I, I have grown up in a way where when I felt bad, I just kept it to myself. And only when I was growing older, I understood that, hey, it's okay to speak about these things. You know, I started to open up towards my friends and tell them. And that's how I found my way to, to cope with these things. And if it would be any worse, I would definitely go to a therapist myself. Yeah, I mean, I'm 26 now, and it's definitely been like a journey. And I'm like, the last like year or so, I'd say I'm like kind of crusting into things where they're like a little bit better. But I mean, like, I'm obviously younger than you are too, Mel. So it sounds like kind of the same similar timelines that you've gone through. Um, you know, things take time. And until you figure out what the main problem is, or where it comes from, and you can eliminate that problem, then you will start to feel better. And there will be for sure some things always nag you in your in the back of your mind. And sometimes you might fall back into this very old pattern, but at least by then you will know how to cope with it and you can easily pull yourself out of it or know how to effectively make yourself feel better. Yeah. You just have to have patience. I agree. And speaking about sharing things, I think we should get to our listeners that were so kind and shared with us their thoughts. We asked our listeners this week on Instagram. One was about how do you cope with boredom and what do you do to distract yourself while staying at home at the moment? And the other one was what do you do when you have anxiety? So we had... I believe this is their Instagram handle. Yeah. Real Feshi. Oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry. It, it's Real Fishy. I noticed that she is actually, she's actually German, I would suppose, at least German speaking. So it's. Oh, okay. The Real Fish. <laughs> the Real Fishy. So at Real Fishy said rearranging furniture and resorting bookshelves. And this is something I definitely find that this is relaxing too to organize and clean. So I definitely agree with her. Yeah. And then we have had Bumble underscore and underscore B. <laughs> uh, she wrote, creating designs and patterns for her new crochet beasties, which I love because she has, um, if I remember correct, it was her who has these really cute little creatures on her Instagram account. I love that so much because I love doing that myself as well. And I am not really creating designs or patterns. I am more like making things just up as I go. And I just see how it turns out. She's the girl who has the really, really cute little nipplers that she makes. She's also the person who on one of the posts of the pictures of Buttercup stickers said that she was inspired by the Buttercup sticker to maybe make a Buttercup crochet pattern. So if you're going to make oh, that, we would love it. Really? We will buy all of them. Oh, that yeah. would be so nice. I know. So I'm hoping that maybe during this quarantine period, she has a little bit of free time on her hands and is inspired a little bit. And we can see Buttercup as a little tiny crochet beast. It would be so cute. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be my day when I read that. I was like, oh. <laughs> the next couple of comments are more towards what people do when they feel lonely and have anxiety to make themselves mm -hmm. feel better. So our first one is from Just a Sunshine State of Mind, a great little handle there. And they said, cooking and baking, exercise so she can fit out the door later. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Gotta make up for all those pastries that you just ate. 
So uh, the next person is Threshels and Tea Leaves. And she said gardening. There are always plenty of jobs to be done. And she actually, she makes some really cute little products too on her Instagram and Etsy too. So she's also a crafter that I know of. Mm. But gardening is awesome. You get to interact with nature. You can be outside. I personally am not good at it. I kill everything that I try. <laughs> this is where I'm a bad Hufflepuff. Oh, I definitely love uh, growing my own salads and herbs here at home and sharing it with the bunnies. Maybe it's just in my mind, but it tastes so much better when you have grown it yourself in your own kitchen. We still have a very nice comment that we want to read in full from Beanie. And she wrote in, Internet is key. Make sure you stay connected with friends and family over the phone and social networks. I'm fine with being isolated physically, but I'm really thankful for you guys and our merry band. And here I want to give a shout out also to our other girls, which are Marjolaine, Jennifer and Ali, because <laughs> Fini is talking about our own little group here. And she still says, don't look at the news too much. Entertain yourself with books. Give yourself time to breathe now. Slow down if you can. I think that's all really good advice. And just speaking about the internet thing too, a lot of my really close friends now, like you, Mel, and my BFF, Kim, we're, our main uh, way of talking is over the internet. So it's great that even with all this craziness, I haven't really lost too much of my close friendships. Yeah. Which is really, really nice. Those have pretty much stayed the same as they would, even if the world was not going into the crapper right now. I think that definitely staying connected is great. And we love you, Feeny. Uh, at the end of this segment, we just wanted to talk about a few resources that we felt were good. Just talking about coping with anxiety, coping with depression, coping with the current situation that we are dealing with right now. So for all of our listeners who are based in the United States, some of the resources that I found that I recommend are psychologytoday.com. This is a great way to find a therapist. So if you go to psychologytoday.com slash US slash therapist, it will let you refine therapists in your area by location. You can do by gender, you can do by specialties, by certifications, by licensure, and you can really pick out exactly who you might want to see. So this kind of takes down that daunting task of finding a therapist who you think you might click with. It just helps you a lot, especially if you're looking for someone who has a very specific specialty in a certain field of mental health. And that's how I found my therapist. So I would highly recommend that. Also, the NAMI or the NAMI National American Mental Health Institute has a wonderful directory. We'll put all the links for these in the show notes as well. And they have a lot of resources just on their site for mental health in general. There's also the Disaster Distress Helpline. So they have a 24-7 helpline that you can call if you're feeling like you're in a mental emergency and don't know what to do. You think you might cause self-harm. You think you might attempt a suicide, anything or even anything less so than that. So their number is 1-800-985-5990. Or you can actually text back and forth with them, which is really nice because a lot of times when you're going through something, you might not want to talk to someone. You might just want to exchange a text. So you can text 66746 and they will text back and forth with you. And that's a 24-7 helpline, more so for emergencies. 
other resources, and this just isn't just U.S.-based, Facebook groups and people on social media. You can find friends so you're not alone, just like Mel and I did in the... Yeah, just look at what interests you have and just go and find some groups where you can find people who just like the same stuff as you and connect with them over that. So you have already a great starting point to just start talking about what you love and that will connect you to others. It's so much fun and it gives you lifelong friendships. Do it! And I just had a few Instagram accounts, too, that I've found are... They talk about mental health a lot and in a fun, positive, upbeat way and have little cute illustrations that go along with everything. So everything is very cute. These Instagram accounts are at 4am shower for the number four, at Chi Bird Art, and at Wa Wa Wee Wa Comic. That's a long one. So... The, all these accounts have, they're just like little drawings of the either chibi or kawaii style. And they address mental health in a positive and realistic way. And they're just really cute. And I send them to people all the time on Instagram when I'm floating around. And I found that they just make me feel a little bit better. And of course, most of this information um, and the links that we are going to put under in the information of this episode are US-based. But don't hesitate. Go to Google and find addresses in your own country, wherever you are. And I am sure you will very easily find help. To add to our topic today, we still want to add the quick segment of the week, which we call Goodreads. And here I have one book for you that I just recently discovered myself. It's called The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. And this book I found really, really helpful. It is a book about mindfulness, how to clear your head and sort out all the nonsense that makes your life uneasy. It helps you to see patterns and just to step back and see what's going on and sort those little habits out. So I am absolutely recommending this book. It has helped me and gave me a lot of aha moments that I didn't even realize that's something we are doing and Yeah, it's definitely a very good read, so please go and check it out. And my pick for this is called Harry Potter Therapy, an unauthorized self-help book from the restriction section. And it's by Dr. Janina Scarlett. So this book definitely is a little bit cliche. And when I picked it up, because I found out about it through listening to another MuggleNet podcast called Beyond the Veil. And it definitely seems a little bit hoaxy and cliche, but if if you are as immersed in the Harry Potter world as we are and are very interested and just have a basic background knowledge, it puts a spin on mental struggles and overcoming them from a Harry Potter perspective and really makes it just so much more relatable as someone who's into Harry Potter. So I would definitely recommend that. She also has a podcast that she does where she breaks the books down chapter by chapter and the mental health struggles that Harry or whoever is in is facing in that chapter and how most of the time the people in Hogwarts did not address those needs correctly. Yep. (laughs) So there's that. But I would definitely encourage you to pick up the book. It's pretty cheap too. I want to say it's like seven or eight bucks. Next, we have the best segment of the entirety of everything. (laughs) Very confident. (laughs) And so modest again. (laughs) So modest. Oh boy. This is one of my favorite little jokes. And you might know the answers to this one, Mel, because I might have shared the little comic that goes with it with you before. So, 
Today's joke is, what language do wizard mail carriers speak in? Well, I think I have heard this before, so it's parcel tongue. Parcel tongue! I think it's so funny. He says, Harry's speaking parcel tongue again, and he's sitting with the little parcels. He's like, hello, my babies. <laughs> it's cute. I enjoy that one. So as we normally do, we have a little challenge from our friend Buttercup. Take it away, Buttercup! Well, thank you, Juliana. Hello, dearies. In this current hard time of distancing from each other, send out some love and brighten someone's day with a small, kind message. May it be a stranger, a loved one, or a co-worker. If you allow to, help someone in need with their grocery shopping or walk the dog. Be kind and be safe. Thank you for that, Buttercup. If you'd like to share with us how you've responded to this challenge, please share with us on all of our socials. Ah, but where can you find us? This is where you can find us. If you would like to contact us, you can listen to us at all places podcasts are found. Currently, that just means Spotify and Anchor, but we're working on getting on all the other platforms, so we thank you for your patience. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcastpod. At Facebook, we are facebook.com slash puffcast. You can email us at puffcast at gmail.com. And who knows, at some point we may even start a Patreon. But don't go looking for us there, because we're not there yet. So until next time, stay puffy. And badger on. <laughs> <laughs>